Well, good morning, everyone. This is J.B. Hickson on this Thursday, December the 7th, 2023. And it was uh, 32 years ago uh, today that I asked my lovely wife, Wendy, uh, for her hand in marriage. And uh, man, what a ride it's been. It's just been an amazing time. She is the love of my life and a great blessing uh, to to us. And, uh, and so just excited about celebrating that anniversary today, December 7th, Pearl Harbor Day. You know, we got uh, we got engaged on Pearl Harbor Day. In fact, it was the 50th uh, anniversary of Pearl Harbor Day, 32 years ago, I should say. I don't know what I said, but it's 32 years ago. The older you get, the more those dates run together. Uh, and then we got married on D-Day, June 6th. So uh, not, that we, <laughs> not that we have a big uh, World War II buffs, but it just worked out that way. But uh, anyway, I'm coming to you not from my uh, studio beneath the sky tucked away under the tall timbers of Colorado, but coming to you from a hotel room uh, somewhere in Northwest uh, Texas. And so uh, excited to have uh, Randy on today for a belated world events update. As we mentioned yesterday on the podcast, uh, I was tied up all week in Dallas at the pre-trib conference. I'll give you a quick rundown on that here in just a moment. But uh, Randy graciously agreed to uh, for our schedule to push the podcast by one day. So um, we're going to look forward to having him on here in a second and give you a kind of uh, some commentary and insights on what's happening in the world around us. And then uh, hard to believe it's December 7th already. This year is winding down and uh, we've got some travel plans at the end of the month. Uh, so stay tuned. We've got uh, a pipeline full of podcasts that I have been feverishly recording with wonderful guests and uh, we're still hoping that we can have Randy on the last two weeks of the month. But uh, for sure, we've got World Events Update next week. And hopefully we can figure out a way, even while I'm gone, uh, to continue that through the end of the year with him. But uh, more to come on that. Just keep up uh, with our podcast and I'll keep you posted on the schedule. As always, you can go to notbyworks.org and uh, find all kinds of great resources there, free resources, as well as uh, some uh, items to purchase. Uh, Brooke has posted a new uh, Christmas um, sort of special or holiday gift guide, I think she called it. And uh, this is just a great way to kind of look at some of the resources that we have in our online store that might be a great blessing to your friends and family as you uh, first and foremost share the gospel with those who don't know Jesus and also begin to uh, wake people up who might not be aware of all that's happening in the world and the prophetic implications of it. And uh, so we've got books and streaming video and other evangelistic resources there, and it's just kind of a one-stop place to look through some some of those items and maybe get some ideas. So she's called that the, the holiday gift guide. We'll be, uh, we posted that on our highlight carousel. If you go to the online store, uh, which is just notbyworks.org slash store, notbyworks.org slash store, uh, you'll see that special collection there uh, as well. And uh, also on our website, you'll find my video from uh, the pre-trib conference. On Tuesday morning, I had the privilege of speaking on uh, the rise of the global technocracy, something we've talked a lot about on this program and at other conferences ever since the, the new book came out September 26th, and uh, very well received, great discussion, great Q&A afterwards. Uh, the pre-trib conference itself will be posting all of the videos of the various speakers, Dr. Randy Price, Dr. Thomas uh, Ice, uh, Dr. Uh, Andy Woods, uh, a lot of great friends and colleagues, many others too, Olivier Melnick, uh, Oh, I can't even think of them all. Jeff Kinley. Uh, so those will all be posted eventually. I don't know how long it takes them to get them posted, uh, but uh, my message is already posted at notbyworks.org. I hope you'll take the time to check out that video. It's also on our Rumble channel, Not By Works Ministries, uh, and of course the, the audio version. Many of you probably listened to that uh, already. Uh, but uh, but anyway, uh, just uh, really thankful to the Lord for the opportunity to be there. We got to do several interviews that will be uh, uh, coming down the pike with other ministries. Uh, Tom Hughes had a studio set up, and we had a great discussion with him about the mark of the beast, and just it, just an ad hoc conversation there. And any of the different speakers and other uh, prophecy experts that were there, he would grab them and say, hey, let's, let's talk for a minute. So we did that. We did the same thing with Lamb and Lion Ministries, my good friend uh, Tim Moore and uh, 
saw Nathan Jones. He wasn't there for the interviews uh, because he had to, uh, to, to duck out. But uh, Tim Moore was there and we went to his studio. Also did a fantastic uh, interview with another ministry, uh, uh, formerly Zola Lovett Ministries. And man, we uh, that was one of my favorite discussions with those guys. Uh, really fired up about that one. And they are too. And they hope to have more uh, you know, discussions uh, with with me down the road. But that one, all of these, I'm not sure when they will post, but as soon as they post with the various ministries, we will repost them at notbyworks.org. And then uh, also just did, did some interviews of our own, had some great conversations, set up some great uh, additions to our calendar next year for speaking opportunities and uh, just an all-around great week. These conferences are always exhausting. Uh, Wendy and I were there by ourselves this time, although we had some great help from some uh, great friends, uh, Matt and April, and another friend of ours, uh, Tammy, that helped us out at the resource table. Uh, I know some of you uh, that were there came by and said hello. Thanks for that. It was good to see you, uh, Carolyn, and others, and I really appreciated uh, the just just the dialogue and late nights. You know, if my voice sounds a little rough, it's because even though I only spoke twice. Uh, by the way, I did speak again yesterday. We closed out the conference with four of the speakers, uh, each giving a short 15-minute uh, uh, presentation followed by a, a panel discussion, and that was pretty exciting too. I did not record that one myself just because of the logistics of it, uh, but it uh, is recorded by the conference, and that'll be posted at the pre-trib uh, website. That's pre-trib.org, but again, those won't be posted for for some time now. Uh, but anyway, so, but with all the late night discussions, the conversations around the booth, I went to several lunches and one dinner and uh, just really uh, put my voice to the test. So I'm glad that we've got Randy on today. Uh, he's going to do the lion's share of uh, the talking uh, as a, a scripture reference to kick us off before I bring Randy on. Proverbs chapter eight, verses five through eight. Proverbs eight, five through eight. O you simple ones, understand prudence, and you fools, be of an understanding heart. Listen, for I will speak of excellent things, and from the opening of my lips will come right things, for my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are with righteousness. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. So this is wisdom personified, ultimately, the Almighty God and Creator of the universe, and the wisdom that He has revealed to us in his word. And it's just uh, struck me as I was reading that at a time when it's hard to trust anything, uh, when it's hard to to separate fact from fiction, there's so much deception out there. And we touched on that a little bit in the panel discussion yesterday at the close of the conference. Uh, I tell you what, it's it's so important to know that we can count on the word of God. It is absolutely truth. It is right. There is no perversity, no abomination. It is completely excellent, as the writer there uh, says, and right. And so we, uh, we're we thankful that we have this true north, this uh, rock on which to stand. Uh, the Word of God is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And I tell you what, Randy, with uh, with all that's going on in the world and, uh, and all that uh, you remind us of and inform us about, <laughs> it's pretty awesome to be able to have the Word of God to navigate these times. And by the way, Randy, always more than anybody else on on earth. He he prompts me to think about the rapture because he's always saying, I don't know how much longer we're going to be here. <laughs> so that's good. It's a, we're, we like thinking about the rapture. Randy, thanks for uh, being flexible this week and great to have you on the program. Well, good morning. I'm glad everything went well where you were at for your conference. And I know you're getting ready for a vacation. Um, make sure you get your COVID vax before you go on vacation and you get your meds okay. because... Yeah. It's coming, brother. At least that's what they tell us, right? All right. Good morning, America. Put your seatbelts on and we'll get to it right now. All right. These are the things I'm going to have to jump around a little bit today because there's been so much that I couldn't put it in neat little categories like usual. So I'm sorry. Forgive me for that. But, you know, there's only so much a guy can do. All right. Let's start off with the good news. There is a new vaccine coming out. It's an mRNA vaccine that will replace every vaccine you ever have to take in your life. Supposedly be out here in the next couple of years. And um, 
The one thing to watch out for, it evidently has already killed some people during the tests, but they tell us it's going to be great because no longer will you need to be vaccinated for the mumps, measles, rubella, all of that good stuff. One will take care of everything. And if you believe that, then I've got some land I'd like to sell you out here in Western Colorado. <laughs> Moving right along to the government, I noticed that um, FBI Director Ray finally come out and admitted what we said seven weeks ago, that the United States is there, it's under a terror threat, such as the world has never seen before, I guess, according to him. Um, we knew that. I don't know why he takes that long to admit it. If they, you know, if he's having his stuff run through Biden first or what's going on. But I will tell you right now, the intel that I have says between Christmas and New Year's is when they're worried. Hmm. So have your heads up, be armed mentally, physically, emotionally with weapons, however you want to handle it. But don't be surprised if something happens. Um Mr. Zelensky was basically told by the U.S. Congress that his money is just about over. We sent him another $175 million, which is nothing compared to the billions he usually gets. But his days are over, and Mr. Putin has taken full advantage of that. He is moving rapidly through the Ukraine. And since Mr. Zelensky is under pressure, I have a... Uh, Source has showed me a copy of his application for United States citizenship. He supposedly has a place down in Tampa and one over by Boca Raton. And um, sometime early next spring, he's supposed to be moving over. So I don't know if it's true or not. I saw the document. He hadn't signed it yet, but it looked pretty official to me. So we'll see if he actually comes through. Now, the nice thing is... We're going to give him full Secret Service protection. We're going to give him a personal chef. We're going to give him a really nice place to live. And we're going to take care of that big whiner for the rest of his life. So welcome, Mr. Zelensky, to America. May you add something to the future. America, Mr. what a country, you know. Like yeah, we take them all, don't we? We don't have, we don't care who you are, but. He and his uh, general, Mr. Zeluzhny, are not getting along well at all. They have different ideas on how the country needs to be won and how it needs to be run. Mr. Zeluzhny thinks they should be negotiating something with the Russians, trying to get everything stopped. Unfortunately, Mr. Zelensky, you know, being the actor he is, is trying to play hardball, trying to say, no, we must defend the homeland, um, according to all the sources and from what I've read. He's got about a month or two left, and the Ukraines will be out of ammunition, out of money, and the Russians will be in Kiev. So who is Zelezhny or whoever you said? Is he just one of the generals? He, he is the top commander for the army in the Ukraine. And a couple months ago, they thought he'd been killed or something, you know, like everybody's dead. You know, supposedly Putin died and he didn't die. And Biden, he looks like he's dead, but he's still alive. So... Evidently, there is, they're going to continue forever. Now, the nice thing is we have given Mr. Zelensky pretty much everything we have, according to the military, and we don't have anything else to spare. Now, always take what our government says with a grain of salt, because the Sierra Army Depot in California has 30,000 tanks, trucks and other heavy equipment waiting there to be used. Now, if they've got 30,000 items there, why do we keep saying we are out of everything? Hmm. It looks to me like we're ready for a war anywhere in the world without much equipment there, plus what we have in Europe and in the Middle East and everything else, unless, of course, that's going to be used against the citizens here for whatever they have planned in the near future. So keep a heads up because we don't know for sure what's coming, but I'm pretty sure it's not going to be good. Um, last week, we talked about the United Kingdom issuing a radiation alert and guidelines for their um, citizenry. And two days ago, we find out that their nuclear power plants and some of their bases, nuclear bases, have been hacked by the Chinese and Russians. 
So evidently, we're going to have to watch very closely what we're told as a public in the Americas, because when they tell us this stuff, I think we're just going to have to understand something is going on we don't know. Same way with the Ebola vaccines that are being given in Denver. I haven't found any cases of active Ebola yet, but if they're starting the vaccination process, they don't do that just for giggles. So we know they're expecting an influx and a threat from somewhere. It's a dangerous vaccine to give. It's an even more dangerous organism, I guess I should call it. So just be ready for whatever comes. COVID, uh, the Chinese are going into COVID lockdown and masking, social distancing, and everything else. So we can assume it'll be here shortly. We all know about the uh, respiratory pneumonias going around that affect children and dogs. Uh, it's getting worse. It's going into more states. And there are hundreds of people in each state that are affected with it. Now, I can't find where there have been, any, been many deaths mostly illnesses, but as it progresses, we'll see if it starts affecting adults where it goes, but looks like it's um, on its way over here to the Midwest and probably to the West Coast in the near future. Yeah, and by the way, that's the way they did it with COVID. I mean, there were some deaths among some of the elderly and infirm, and, and it, that's tragic, um, but a lot of the deaths didn't occur until after they hospitalized people and started putting them on ventilators, and so- yes. You know, these these, you know, be, be very wary of any time the government says, you know, you need to take this shot and we will we will save you. Remember, Reagan said, you know, 10 worst words you can hear. I'm from the government and I'm here to help or how many ever words that is. But uh, <laughs> it's a scary thought to think that the government's uh, here to help you. One thing you may get to, but I'll throw it in now uh, since I interrupted you, um, is all the increase in shooters and mass shootings. It seems like they are really gearing up uh, for a major move toward the, the gun grab uh, next year, which is right in line with, with all that we know is, is happening on the Luciferian timeline. They've been targeting 2024, 2025, this decade for some time. I talked about that uh, yesterday. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, I would just if you have time, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Well, the thing is, we know they want the gun grab, but they seem to be failing at every juncture. They will pass a law in a state and the Supreme Court is overturning it. Now, how long that's going to continue, who knows? The makeup of the Supreme Court could change at any time. All I've got to say, there are 89 million gun owners, there are 400 million guns, and there's one and a half trillion rounds of ammunition. So before you come to people's doors, make sure you're right with the Lord and make sure you knock and you're very pleasant when you open that door. Um, the people, the people are not going to put up with it. There will be some, the lemmings, as we call them, that put up with that. But the only thing that keeps us from being like the Ukrainians, the Israelis, and everybody else is the ownership of the guns. That separates us from the rest of the world because we can and will defend ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I would imagine that's going to get to be a real dire point in the next few months, especially as the election comes up. But we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. All of you that have been watching the gold and silver markets, uh, if you bought six months ago when we first started talking about this, you should be very pleased with the money that you've made. That doesn't mean go out and sell it, party, and just have a good time. Um, remember, you're going to need it in the future when our currency is no longer useful or accepted. So if you need to spend some, get your bills paid off, which would be a great idea, do that. But the metals are probably the place that are going to be, it's going to be one of the havens that we can use to get us through what's coming next. I think it's obvious to everybody that the um, economy is done. I mean, we look at the debt, it keeps going up by the trillions and billions. Uh, we look at credit card debt more than it's ever been. Student debts, which from what I've been able to garner and the official information's not out yet, about 65% of the people are actually paying on the debt. So that's 35% of the people not making their payments because they have no money left. 401ks are usually the last bastion of hope for most people. And when they get into credit card debt, they get rid of their savings. And the um, use of the 401ks in retirement is going up phenomenally every month. 
it's basically getting to the point where people have no money. They're not going to be able to pay the bills, buy food, make their payments. And so things we've talked about, other people are talking about, it's coming very quickly. Yeah, and I, I see them using that, leveraging that to usher in the, the uh, universal basic income. Uh, I mean, they they want us dependent on the government even more than we are. So they'll come along and say, well, we'll forgive your debt. But here's the deal. You're signing on to this digital ID, this digital currency. We're going to track everything you do. And yeah, we'll give you free money. Of course, it's never free. It's free to the elite, but it's never free to the public. Um, but you've got to meet certain criteria. And once they get people conditioned on that universal basic income, then it's very easy to get them to fall in line and do what they want. Because uh, if you you know, say something wrong on social media, if you have too big a carbon footprint, if your medical records are not like, you know, to their liking, uh, all of that will, you know, turn off the spigot. And so you you end up, you know, not getting what you want. So people will fall in line a lot easier than, than people think. I had the chance to have dinner with Patrick Wood at this conference. Man, he's such a great guy. We had met by phone and by Zoom before, uh, but we had not met in person. Man, what a, just a wonderful man. And also have a new a friend in Lee Brainerd. Some of you have been following Lee Brainerd's ministry over the last two or three years. We connected, went to dinner. He's going to be on the program. And uh, man, talk about a smart guy. He's just brilliant in pioneering uh, research on proving that the pre-trib rapture has been uh, consistently taught throughout 2,000 years of church history. He's actually translating works from you know Latin and other languages directly uh, into English for the first time ever. And uh, so those who follow uh, Prophecy Watchers and, and are kind of plugged into the, the Bible prophecy community with all the different conferences and ministries and outlets, uh, you're probably familiar with him. But I got to tell you, he's the real deal. Uh, and, uh, you know, he spoke at the conference and we hung out quite a bit, actually, just really picking his brain. So uh, but yeah, I, I tell you what, uh, this the economics is one, not just one piece of the puzzle that I think they will use to bring down this country as they've been planning to, all along to do. Uh, but I think it's probably the linchpin. I think it's the catalyst that's going to start the dominoes falling. I think that's probably right now where Jesse Duplantis and Mr. Osteen there at your conference. <laughs> No, they weren't. But uh, I saw a meme that I thought was pretty funny. Uh, let's see if I can find it here. Yeah, it was. Uh, I want to see an episode of Undercover Boss with Jesus visiting Joel Osteen's church. <laughs> that would be quite the spectacle. I'm quite sure. I think Jesus would have a thing or two to say uh, to Mr. Uh, Mr. Osteen. <laughs> I'm not even going to touch that because, you know, I'd have to agree with you totally. Uh, good news is China is going broke and they are just about done, except they're still buying all of the gold that's available. They bought another 300 tons on the market and they're buying Russian gold, too. Now, supposedly, as we mentioned before, they have 10 times as much gold as what they say they have. So that puts them somewhere uh, twice as much as what the United States has. Now, we've talked before about the United States possibly not having any gold whatsoever at Fort Knox or at the Federal Reserve. And I think the um, we're going to get to the point here in about a month or two when gold is revalued, and that's requested by the BRICS nations, we're going to see if the United States has any or not because they want to get the correct valuation so they know what their assets are, what they know um, kind of gives them their standing in bricks and in the world. And I have a feeling the United States is going to come up short. The reason I say that, about 10 years ago, Germany asked for 300 tons of the gold stored in the United States be returned, repatriated to Germany. It took the United States seven years to come up with that goal. Hmm. Now, if you've got 8,000 tons of gold, come up with 300 tons, ship it back to the rightful owner, should have been no problem at all. So my question is, where to go? Where's it at? And uh, what do we have, a bunch of spray-painted lead in these places? Well, you know, it's long been a, an open question as to what's in Fort Knox, but uh, the one that's that's equally interesting, and they used to give tours of it, is in New York City. The New York Fed would have... Mm -hmm. uh, uh, where all the different foreign countries stored their gold. And you you used to be able to literally tour it and they would show you these cages and each one had a, 
uh, country's name above it. And, you know, this was so-and-so's gold. This was so-and-so's gold. Um, but uh, something tells me that those days are long gone. And, and who knows where that gold uh, really is. Well, I'm sure some foreign country or some of our politicians have shared in it. Who knows? Oh, they um, with me. Did they share it with you? No, no. And I didn't get my ticket to the tunnels either. So I guess we're the useless breathers, breeders, whatever we are. So we're going to die. We're not going to get access to those underground bunkers, are we? That's okay. I don't want to be in an underground bunker with anybody, to be honest with you. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that. It's It gets a little creepier than what we talked about before. All right. Now, our friends, the Russians. I'm just going to make a couple comments real quick. Uh, Mr. Putin had an emergency meeting with the United Arab Emirates and with the Saudis yesterday. The president of Iran is flying to Russia here in a couple of days. Now, I don't know if it's going to be in reference to the oil if it's in reference to the war, exactly what it is. But Putin is starting to take much more of an interest in the Middle East than what he was. I think he thinks the Ukraine is probably a done deal. He's pretty assured that he is going to win that, move in, take what he wants. You're good. Okay. And then we'll go, and then he'll go ahead and start moving south. I have no doubt about that whatsoever. Um, Looks like NATO is trying to blockade the Baltic around Kaliningrad. They have part of the navies of NATO in there. They have ground troops in there. And what we have to remember, it being an exclave of Russia, if anything is done to Kaliningrad, that will bring Russia right into the battle with the Baltic states and whoever else is there. Now, we should remember Kaliningrad has 750 nuclear weapons. So if anybody moves on Kaliningrad, they're going to find that probably to be one of the larger mistakes they've ever made. Um, everything's building up, though. We have all of our reconnaissance aircraft right off their coast. I don't know what else they'd be planning to do, but look for look for some action there probably in the next few weeks. All right. COP28, the Conference of the Party on Climate Change. Not going to say a lot about this because I haven't followed it that close, but there are 70,000 in attendance. And I did listen to King Charles saying, We belong to the earth. Now, when I go back to Genesis, it says man domain has domain over everything. I don't think man belongs to the earth. The earth belongs to God and to men. And the good king is into the WEF about as far as you can go and not be named as one of their main members and one of the main uh, contributors. Um, you know, the WEF still thinks they're in control and they have a lot of things moving in different places. But from what I'm looking, they're having some real pushback from China and Russia. Those two countries are not going for this. They don't want any part of it. And so we probably will have some really interesting things taking place uh, once things get going here later in 2024. Yeah, I'll have Alex Newman back on. Uh, he's at COP28 right now reporting live from there. Um, I think uh, we've got him scheduled. Let me look real quick. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, he's he's scheduled for this coming Monday. We pre-recorded it. Uh, fantastic discussion. Uh, so, but and and this Monday he'll still be at COP twenty eight. Uh, but uh, anyway, after he gets back, we'll we'll have a discussion with him with for some firsthand insights of what's going on there. But you know, uh, you know, you hit the nail on the head. It's it's very. Uh, disorganized in the sense that, you know, having all of these Luciferian leaders get together and try to uh, create panic among world leaders so that they fall in line. And, and of course, using this, the global uh, uh, climate hoax uh, as a pretext is kind of like getting, you know, mobsters together to hold a meeting to organize, you know, who's going to be on which side of the street and who's going to shake down which businesses. I mean, these are all evil people. And they don't have a moral code. They don't have a sense of more morality. So it's it's uh, it's it's. I think it's uh, optimistic to think that, you know, that the things are going to go well. I mean, it, it's from their perspective. So, but uh, you know, this is something that I talk about in the in the tech 
Anocracy book that just came out. I talked about it yesterday, Tuesday from the stage. The climate hoax is a key piece of the puzzle. And Alex Newman did a great job in, a, in about a 40 minute interview that we he did with Not By Works here that, again, we'll post on Monday, uh, dismantling it's easily really the whole uh, climate argument. Uh, and I hope you'll, you guys will listen to that. But yeah, this is just one more of the major gatherings. Remember coming up in March in Dubai, we've got the world government summit that happens every year. Uh, and uh, man, they're, they're pushing forward full steam ahead. 2024 is exciting. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm glad I'm taking a two week family a trip at the end of December, which we try to do every year and just to kind of refuel and we go strong all year. I mean, everything we do is working. We, even when we're not working, we're working uh, on the road and whatever. And so we always need this time to refuel at the end of the year, but I'm especially glad this year because next year it, we hit the ground running and there's no telling what's going to unfold uh, in America and abroad in the year 2024. All right. Moving on to the Bidens, Mr. Hunter Biden sent a check to his father every month out of an account that he received payments from the Chinese, the Russians, Ukrainians, Romanians, and Kazakhstanians, or whatever they're called. And I think that's really nice. He sent him a check every month. Now, Joe Biden was using 40 different aliases at the time, and he sent hundreds of emails back and forth to the people that were involved sending him the check. Now, he says he has no idea of what his son was partaking in, that he had no involvement. But, I mean, does he really think we're that stupid? I mean, let's let's face it. Corrupt as corrupt can be, except then we go across the water and we look at Mr. Netanyahu, who now the trial for bribery and money laundering is starting on him. So we, we watch the war escalate. We watch what's going on. And you have to wonder, you know, we knew wars were coming in the, in the final days with the Israelis and the rest of Europe and the um, Arab states. But how much of it started this time because of a cover for these two gentlemen? They needed something to stay in office. And if you get involved in a war and you're a president, usually you are not replaced. And I think a lot of it, it's not a smokescreen in that I think it's scriptural, but you have to wonder just how much they're taking advantage of it. And as we go over a few things, I think you'll understand where I'm coming from here in a minute. Yeah, but, let, me, let me interject real quick about Netanyahu, because I had a fan, a real fascinating discussion with Dr. Randall Price. He's been on our program. I've uh, known him for many years, re highly respect him. He's just brilliant uh, archaeologist and uh, really has his finger on the pulse of what's going on over there, studied and taught at Hebrew University, uh, and uh, just really one of my most trusted uh, sources when it comes to really trying to understand what's going on over there. He was on the panel discussion at the end of the conference, um, and I've you know, had some back and forth with him during the Q&A from the audience, and then afterwards I kind of continued it uh, privately off air. Um, he knows BB. He's been in his office, met with him before, He's still of the opinion, and I highly respect it because uh, I've learned, you know, he knows what he's talking about, that Netanyahu himself probably uh, was not necessarily involved in any shenanigans. Um, we don't know. And as we've pointed out before, the proverb reminds us, you know, he who answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame to him. So we don't want to jump to conclusions. I said early on that it seemed like the nature of this attack from Hamas almost certainly had to have some type of inside uh, help, uh, but that could be some mid-level rogue element within the Israel's government. Remember, secular Israel is not in the land in belief. They're not all God-fearing Messianic Jews or, or even uh, uh, Orthodox Jews. And so we don't know. Uh, and I, I have done a lot of research on Netanyahu myself, and, and Randy actually uh, confirmed this. You know, yeah, he's not you know, a believer. He's not necessarily, uh, you know, a good guy in the broadest sense of the term, but he's, he really uh, does not think that he would have anything to do with such a thing. And he may be right. We don't know who, if anyone, uh, within Israel's camp uh, aligned themselves and might have helped this happen. But we do know, if you read the Bible, that it's not at all uncommon for Israel's leaders, the evil leaders, to um, create unholy alliances with the enemy 
and uh, you know betray their their country. It happens as long as there have been countries that's been happening. Happens in America. We have rogue elements within uh, America, and it's always struck me as odd that you know people in the conservative Christian movement will have no trouble criticizing you know the Obamas and the Hillarys and the Bidens, um, and and yet no one thinks they're un-American for doing so. But yet, if you even remotely suggest that there might be some bad apples within Israel's government, then suddenly you're anti-Semitic. And so I just you know, want to point out, we don't know how this happened, um, but anybody who goes to the extreme and says, you know, either, either way, either A, there's no way this, that anybody in Israel could have done that, or you know, absolutely Netanyahu you know, it was the guy that did it. We, we don't know. And so we want to be very careful about separating speculation uh, from reality. But all I can tell you is from, you know, 20 years or, or so of studying the Luciferian conspiracy, it is, is certainly well within the realm of possibility that uh, somehow somebody uh, on the inside had something to do with helping this happen or letting it happen, that kind of thing. And we've seen it time and again in world history. We saw it with World War One. We saw it with America's involvement in World War Two and Pearl Harbor. We saw it with Vietnam and the uh, Gulf of Tonkin incident. Uh, false flag and, and stand down orders are very common techniques in war. So I wouldn't be a bit surprised, but it really got my attention that Dr. Price was uh, a pretty, uh, you know, much of the opinion that uh, uh, this was not something at the top levels. And so we'll see. Well, I look at it like this. If we were looking at it in the in a, um, a criminal trial point of view, we couldn't find him guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. But if we looked at a civil trial, a preponderance of the evidence would lead to his conviction. We look at what he said about taking all of the money from America. He possibly could. We look at some of the things he was concocting with Trump. We look at his bribery and money laundering charges. Um, you're right. We can make a definite assumption. But I'd put $1,000 on it right now that he's guilty of all of the above. So anybody wants to take that first one, we'll do that. And uh, we'll see how it turns out. Anyway, moving right along. Well, we do know. I, I don't think uh, running a bookie bookie uh, agency is really falls within the mission of NBW Ministries. So we'll have to let you, you know, make those bets off. <laughs> yeah, see, that, that, this is not a bookie thing. This is uh, this is an absolute. I'm going to win. So you know, I don't look at it as a bookie operation. But anyway, moving right along, we have the ambassador to Cuba. Evidently, has been spying for Cuba since the uh, somewhere in the 80s. He's given them all kinds of secret, given them all kinds of uh, information. And it's very nice since the Cubans are 90 miles off the coast of the United States. They now have uh, Russian and Chinese military bases there. I hope that um, the conviction is quick with him and they put him away where he should be. Uh, NATO admitted yesterday that the Ukraine is failing. There is no way that they can make it. And they are now all starting to push Zelensky very hard to make some kind of a negotiated settlement with the Russians, which I think would be a really good idea, considering what everything's happening over there. The Chinese and the Saudi Arabians are getting to be much closer. They just had a $7 billion deal that will be paid back in Yuan. And um, the Chinese are also giving loans to many different countries but they're telling them we're going to make the loan in U.S. dollars, but we want it back in yuan. We do not want dollars back. They have pretty much gotten rid of all of their uh, treasuries. And with that, they have bought the additional 300 tons of gold. So with the BRICS nations coming on first of the year, with the additional BRICS nations being added, I think they're, the writing is on the wall for the U.S. dollar. Exactly what's going to happen and how they're going to do it, I don't know. But I think we've discussed it before. CBDCs, uh, they could nationalize the debt. We're broke. We know we're broke. It's not worth anything. So we'll see what happens very shortly, I'm afraid. Mm. All right. Gaza. We know that the um, Israelis are now pushing deep into Gaza to the south and basically leaving the Palestinians nowhere to go. 
They can't go to the south because the Egyptians say, we're not letting you into our country. The Jordanians have said the same thing to the east. And so where all those refugees are going to go, I don't know. But I do know that Jordan and Egypt are ready to go to war to keep them out of their countries. They have massive amounts of equipment and manpower on the border. So somebody needs to be thinking about where to put the refugees. I totally go along with them getting rid of the uh, Hamas. Those people have proven many times with the atrocities that they have committed and their constant fighting that you have to get rid of them. That's It's that simple. But I don't know what they're going to do with the refugees. You know, Biden has offered to bring 500,000 of them to America. All I can say is I hope they put them directly in D.C., right around the Capitol, so he can go out and help with the meals every day. Because otherwise, I don't know where you can put them. There's too many people. There aren't enough resources. Um, we'll see what they do, I guess. The um, Russians have said if Israel makes any move to take out the Hamas leaders in different countries, or if they continue to make their advances, that Russia is going to get involved. Now, I don't know if this war is going to evolve into the Gog-Magog war, where it's going for sure, as we've talked before. But Putin is taking more of an interest in it every day. So we will have better information in the next few weeks exactly what he's planning on doing. But watch Russia very carefully because they are the linchpin where this is going to go. We have the other countries involved that we've talked about. Um, Russia would be the big one. The Turks, like we said last week, have their little thousand boat navy ready to move into the Mediterranean. And it looks like Turkey is on its way out of NATO because the other NATO countries are not agreeing with their stance on Israel, uh, the threats they're making. And Erdogan is not backing off. He is getting his army ready. The military is moving to the border so he can move quickly if he needs to. And um, like we said before, Turkey's out of there. Iran's already in the sphere of Gog, Magog, whatever battles taking place. So the Russians are the ones we need to really watch. When the Hamas, well, the Hamas tunnels right now in Gaza are being flooded with seawater. Now, on first blush, that looks like a good idea, a good way to get rid of them. But I wonder if anybody has thought about, what about the hostages? If they're in there with Hamas, then all of those people are going to drown also. All of the soil, all of the foundations of all of those businesses, they're all going to be affected also. Now, what are we going to do with that mess when the buildings start collapsing? We have a big sinkhole there. You know, all the hostages are dead, which they may already be dead. But has anybody thought about any of this? Yeah, you know, that's an inter interesting that you bring that up because someone asked that very question at the Q&A. And Dr. Price, of course, as an archaeologist who's done many, many digs over in that uh, region, uh, he pointed out that uh, the uh, the tunnels are all made of concrete on all four sides. I mean, solid concrete tunnels. So uh, the the water should not affect the soil or or any of the you know infrastructure there. Uh, now, as to the human life and the, the the hostages, I would have to assume that Israel, uh, you know, did due diligence to make sure that there weren't any uh, you know hostages in those regions. You know, that's the thing about Israel, you know, they they do everything they can to uh, to minimize civilian casualties. The narrative in the news that you know these anti-Semitic you know news reports and misinformation, you need to to take it with a great big barrel of, of salt. It's not accurate. Uh, Israel is, is they they send out flyers. They they do all kinds of uh, reconnaissance first to make sure they try to absolutely minimize. If if there's an innocent civilian death uh, in in war that Israel's involved in. It is very uh, rare and, and it's unfortunate. And, and, you know, there are deaths in any war, no question about it. But contrast that with Hamas, you know, with Israel, the, yeah, there might be collateral damage as there is in any war. With Hamas, it's collateral murder. I mean, they literally are targeting women and children, raping and pillaging and doing everything uh, they can to inflict pain and terror. So um, I just don't uh, imagine that uh, there's any concern there. And according to Randy, that in terms of the infrastructure and you know, causing instability in the soil and all that, that shouldn't be an issue either. That's what I'm hearing. Okay. Because 
even though those tunnels are concrete, once the hydrostatic pressure in those tunnels changes because of all that water pushing against them, there are probably going to be some issues going on. But, you know, like you said, I have no mercy on Hamas. So whatever you got to do to get rid of them is probably okay. Now, what concerns me, though, is that Biden and Blinken are already betraying Israel. Blinken has told Netanyahu, have it over with by the first week in January. Now, when you have a complex um, war, for lack of a better word, I guess, going on such as the Israelis have right now, I don't know how you can put a specific time on what's happening. They need to be thorough. They need to get that cleared out so it's never a problem again. So we're starting to put um, we're starting to put our issues first, and we're not Israel. You know, if we want to support them, that's great, but they need to make their own decisions. So our government needs to stay out of it. Let them do what they need to do. Um, you know, Biden is really no friend of Israel. We know that. We know Kamala Harris isn't, and. We're pumping money to them, but I don't believe that our heart is really in it. It's for show, and I think we're going to turn our back on them in the next month or two. Oh, that's there's no question. You you nailed it right there at the end. I mean, this administration is not a friend of Israel. Um, and uh, you know, say what you want about Trump, and I'm no fan of Trump, as you all know. I've written about that in Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume Two. Um, but at least he, you know, at face value uh, was posturing to be supportive of, of Israel. And so, but this administration, the people that are in their ear are the anti-Semitic, anti-Israel, you know, uh, people, uh, you know, and again, I'm not trying to make it out to be a right, left, Democrat, Republican thing, because there's enough guilt to go around on, on all sides. But I'm just saying one thing we know for sure is that Biden is not you know, ultimately going to support Israel. So, yeah, I got a chuckle out of that uh, kind of a gallows humor sort of way when when I saw that Biden and Blinken were trying to counsel Israel on how to conduct this uh, war. I mean, uh, Biden can't even walk up a flight of stairs. And yet, so why, why would he, you know, think he can give advice to someone in the throes of of the most horrific attack in Israel's modern history, you know? Um, and so, uh, you know, just, I think they just need to support Israel and, um, you know, leave the, the tough decisions, you know, the adult decisions up to the adults. That's what I say. Well, I have to agree because I watched part of the speech Biden gave over in Pueblo, at least of what was actually shown on TV. There was not a coherent sentence in the entire speech. I mean, he mumbles and he bumbles and then he stumbles around and it's like, why, why do we let him continue? We were on Trump's case a month after the man got into office saying he's unfit to hold office. We're finding out everything was untrue. But yet Biden couldn't make a decision in an emergency to save his soul. I mean, the guy's a laughing stock. Um, the decisions he's making is taking America right down the pits. So I don't know why he's still there, but he needs to go as soon as he can. That's all I can say. Moving on to lighter things. All right. Agility Robotics is making 10 or is going to make 10,000 two legged robots a year. They're getting started now, and they will be five nine, five feet nine inches tall, weigh one hundred and forty pounds, and they will be named Digit. And if you'd like to come up with the amount of money necessary, which I believe they're looking at fifty thousand dollars a piece, you can have your own little slave for your house. Now, ten thousand a year. So, how many other companies are going to be doing the same thing? Because I'm sure there's probably a market for it. Should be interesting. I'm sure that you can use one to help you at church on the road and stuff. And when you do that, I'd, I'd like to be present to see how that works. Yeah. Well, I tell you, I think I mentioned recently, and I know I mentioned it at the conference this week, that uh, who was it? Um, Goldman Sachs is reporting that by 2030, we'll have the uh, embodied robot market will be $150 billion market. So uh, they want everybody to have these little robots that look like humans. And uh, so, you know, you, you, Randy, Grandpa Randy, should you should like uh, market your likeness. People can have little embodied Grandpa, you know, Randy's with their pipe and their, uh, you know, wool sweater. And uh, and that would just make everybody feel, you know, you don't even have to turn it on. You could just stick it in the corner and just knowing 
that Grandpa Randy is nearby would keep everybody safe and at peace, I think. And that way, when you're frustrated, you take your club over to the little Randy and start beating on it. Is that what we're looking at? or What happens in the Not By Works offices stays in the Not By Works offices, okay? You know, <laughs> try to be, yeah. trying to give you a, a new revenue stream. It's it's always good to have support from the guy you're working with. We appreciate that. Uh, we're, we're All right. <laughs> the husband of Victoria Newland, Robert Kagan, wrote an op-ed in the CIA newsletter that said Trump should receive the Julius Caesar treatment. In other words, kill him. Mm-hmm. Now, that's pretty gutsy. I got to tell you to come right out and write something like that in a publication where everybody can see it. Um, I don't know. Our government's so far out of control. It's scary. All right. NASA has shut down their quantum computer. They have decided that it is basically out of control. They don't know what's happening with it. And um, Google and NASA are going to have to shut down all of their things, all of their projects related to that computer until they get a hold of it, which be a good thing for you and Shane to discuss next time he's on because they were going great guns, and then all of a sudden, they shut it down. So they found something that worries them, evidently. Like Shane said before, there's something going on we don't know about, but um, we need to we need to have more information so people don't go putting chat GPT-3 and 4 on their computers and getting way ahead of where they should be. Wow. Um, Apple issued another... Um, urgent update to their iPhones after we discovered that they had their little uh, sharing problem that you could turn on and turn off. They issued another update, which they say is critical. So whether you download it or not is up to everybody, but you should at least look at it, see what it does, and um, make sure that your equipment is safe. Okay, the for those of you that buy Cosmopolitan magazine, <laughs> The November-December issue will have a nice little update on supporting abortion. Uh, it is quite the layout, and um, from what I've seen, it once makes me want to gag, but then, you know, I'm not everybody, right? Yeah, we did a survey, just FYI, Randy, we did a survey of the entire NBW constituency and our listeners and followers, how many of them uh uh, subscribe to Cosmopolitan, and it'll be a big surprise to you, I'm sure, to hear that it was exactly 0.0%. So, but in case they ever do, uh, they, this is good to know what their latest agenda is. But we keep saying our audience is smart, they're discerning, and they know the good stuff. So if it come out at zero, that just reinforces that, right? Amen. That's right. Now, I felt really bad because Kim Jong-un the other day having a news conference in North Korea, started crying. He started crying and then asked all the women, we need more babies. We need more souls because we have work to do. And so he cried a little bit. He gave this speech. Uh, personally, I wanted to gag right there. Okay. I can't, I, they must put a attack in his shoe to make him cry because otherwise I can't see it happening. But anyway, well, supposedly he did. It was bizarre. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, you, you, this is a tyrant, a dictator, a man that threatens to use nuclear weapons, and all of a sudden he's crying. But, you know, these Hollywood actors, they can cry on a dime as well. They channel demons, and, and they're able to just kind of really put on an entirely new persona. So who knows what was going on with him? But, yeah, that was bizarre. Well, you know, something about a five-foot-tall, 300-pound guy starting to cry. Yeah. I mean— it, the leader of a country is just not normal. Yeah. You know, that's something Zelensky would do, right? Yeah. All right. Now, the Ukraine military is so sick of Zelensky that for target practice during their military drills, they have pictures of Zelensky that they're using to shoot at. They hang up the target of Zelensky, and that's what they use. And so, you know, things are not good there. <laughs> All right. The U.S., U.S. says that Putin will not win the war in the Ukraine and Israel's enemies will not win. That's for Mr. Biden. So let's hope he's right. The the U.K., when they had their little uh, drill and everything about the radiation two weeks ago, and now they find out that they have actual people hacking in to the computers and into the systems 
of their uh, nuclear storage and their nuclear power plants and the military. We should probably worry about that happening here, too, because I'm sure same things going on, the same viruses and malware have been basically uploaded. So if we have a large cyber attack, you'll be surprised. That's what they predict. And they predict that before the end of the year. All right. A couple of months ago, we talked about the um, cables to Taiwan being um, disabled, and they were out of the internet and communications for a month or so. Well, the United States and Britain got in there, started looking around, and they found a anchor. The anchor was Chinese. So the anchor was what was used to drag across the cable, break them up. And why you wouldn't take that anchor with you, I don't know why you would leave evidence at the scene of the crime, but they are now evidently the main suspect. Venezuela has now named part of Guyana. They're another state of Venezuela, and they are moving troops to the border. And the United States has responded by sending some military personnel. And Brazil has also initiated their army amassing on the borders also. Evidently, Venezuela wants the oil. I don't know why. They've got plenty of oil there, but I would imagine that's probably Russia and China fostering another area for the United States to thin us out, to us get involved in. So, you know, we're, we're not, we don't have any military left to send anywhere, but I guess we'll find something. America's you know, philosophy has been for many years, you, you know, you can't have too many proxy wars. Let's just get involved in as many as we can. Well, you know, Moody's has downgraded the United States and China to negative as far as their credit rating goes. And Dick Durbin out of Illinois has said, you know, we're worried about all of these illegal aliens, especially the men that are military age coming across the border. What he wants to do, he wants to stop them all. He wants them to join the United States military, and after their tour of duty is over, they would be given citizenship. Now, when we start, when we stop and think of what's coming out of uh, Illinois, I got to tell you what that whole state must be nuts. Yeah, we I mean, have. He had a second secondary proposal as well too that he was concerned about all the chickens and the the hen houses that are very lonely. So he wanted to recommend that we put a bunch of foxes inside there to kind of help keep them company. <laughs> you know, it, it's hard to believe how bizarre some of this stuff is. You know, we look at all of the politicians that come from there. They're all goofy. We look at their, you know, we look at the, um, state of Illinois, they're broke, their lottery winnings, they can't pay out. They give you an IOU, they'll pay them out someday if they ever get the money. And I'm going, why would we listen to anything that he ever talked about? Now, some of the bizarre stuff that they mentioned the other night on your channel, on uh, premium channel, what are we calling your premier channel? They, they, some of my friends popped on us, which I didn't know they were going to do or I would have been better prepared. All right. The smart or magic dust, whatever you want to call it. I did more research on that. They're basically nanoparticles, as we talked about. Um, Microelectronic electromechanical systems, MEMS is what they are. They are very similar to the graphene oxide in what they can do. And supposedly, they're going to be used in 3D printing. The main thing they are useful for are the digital ID cards. So we have the graphene oxide. We have the magic dust, smart dust, whatever you want to call it. So you have to wonder, what have we inhaled? The people that are vaxxed, we see all the problems they're having. And you have to wonder, you know, for us, they did not take the vaccination. We were probably probably exposed to this stuff too, foods, medications, whatever. So um, all I can say is, if you notice something unexpected, you might start thinking about what you've been exposed to, yeah. because uh, there's there's something going on. We don't know how far it's gone on, but it it's a little creepy to say the least. Yeah, that was a all great. Right. The other night, I forgot to mention that at the outset, but you know, for those of you who may not know, we have a premier subscription uh, and we do Zoom sessions about every 
two to three weeks for uh, subscribers only. And we bring on guests that you can ask questions of. So we had Shane and Randy on together uh, last uh, Saturday, I believe it was. We do these different days of the week. Um, and uh, But another great benefit, too, of being a premier subscriber is that we post the video version of our podcast. So this very podcast that Randy and I are recording right now, our premier subscribers can watch the video so they can uh, see uh, Randy trying to not laugh at my jokes, and uh, which is not hard to do. Uh, let me let me tell you. But uh, anyway, and there's a lot of other free content that comes with it. Uh, and so, yeah, just uh, um, you might ch check that out at the online store. And if you're interested, go to notbyworks.org. I think it's a small monthly fee, and then you can also do an annual fee. You can cancel at any time. Uh, but we really love our premier subscribers. I hope you'll consider uh, jumping into that group. Well, it's worth the price of admission just to watch everybody else as somebody's speaking. You know, you get to watch the ones picking their nose, adjusting their glasses, yawning, going to get going after their little dogs and stuff. It's pretty hilarious. But our, our Zoom sessions are no pick zones. So we don't allow it. Yeah. yeah. For you and I, you mean, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, something new. I, I know people like the bizarre stuff. So I always save some of that. And I've got some good stuff for you today. A few weeks ago, we talked about the tunnels that the military and the government are using and all of their survival areas. Now, what I've found out, we have thousands of other people down there. Uh, they're in the underground um, tunnels, rail, railway tunnels, subways that are all disbanded or not being used, but there are thousands of them. And they're called mole people. Some of these people go down and they will spend the rest of their lives down there. Some are in groups. Some of them are by themselves. Uh, very seldom do they ever come to the light. But I'm thinking we know of all of these uh, terrorists that are lurking in the United States. My question is, how many of them are down there? Wait, that's yeah. what scares me because they're all over the place. No, they are. I watched a documentary on that one time. It's a whole a whole other world down there that uh, we really don't know much about and as with most things underground it's mostly evil i mean it's a it's a it's kind of like the dark web in the technology world the the underground mold people are part of a pretty nefarious uh subculture down there yeah most of them are criminals homeless and um you know we're not going to be arranging any tours through not by works at least not that i know of and uh, so if you're ever in places like that, just be aware, because some of these are on the outskirts of mountains, some in the city. So just be ready for it. Now, another creepy thing. The USS George Washington, which is an aircraft carrier, has finally left the East Coast. And we talked about this when the other carriers were leaving a few weeks ago. It finally got underway, but the carrier has no aircraft on it. Flight deck is absent. Any planes, any helicopters, anything. So my question is, is this to replace a carrier if it gets damaged? Is this to be another additional landing zone for NATO aircraft? Or are we going to sacrifice this? one? Because the way our naval assets are positioned right now, Hezbollah or Iran could start using the uh, shortest ship missiles and could take out the United States Navy. And it looks to me, it makes me wonder if we're using the Navy for pawns to either keep us from being able to go any further into assisting Israel or if they want to bring us into a bigger war. Hmm. Now, when we talk about Gog and Magog, the United States is not listed there. So you have to wonder what is going to happen to prevent us from being a player in that war. Now, we've all heard about the attacks from the uh, Houthis in Yemen against the naval assets in the Red Sea and the Gulf of Oman, etc. But my question is, there were uh, several seismic events there in the last week. Now, were those seismic events just earthquakes, undersea volcanoes, or were they some type of a weapon that we don't know about? Do we actually have a battle going on there? We don't really see any video of it. We don't have any eyewitness reports. We have the government reports, but I always think back to the Gulf of Tonkin. It was totally made up. We didn't know it was false for years, but it brought us into the Vietnam War, much heavier than we would have ever been. 
So not that I don't trust our government, but I don't trust our government. <laughs> yeah, things are very seldom as they appear, that's for sure. Well, lots going on uh, these days. Uh, we are uh, headed back home uh, the rest of the way from the conference today from our hotel room this morning. Looking forward to a great uh, weekend uh, and uh, just uh, lots of great guests coming up next week. Anything else before we uh, wrap up for this one? Well, I'm meeting with a bunch of financial people in the next three days. So we'll have a lot better idea where that is for our next podcast. And we'll be able to more accurately forecast exactly where the United States is at, where the BRICS nations are at. And if we're still here next week, we'll be able to uh, give you an idea for the year end uh, where we're going. And you and I, I think we should, the last podcast of the year, we should make some predictions to see who's closer. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go with your, you know, betting betting services. No, 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 no betting service. Yeah, you know, we got to come up with an acronym that includes the B standing for betting because that, that's what we're all about here. No, not betting, at all. Biden, yeah, yeah, maybe a year in review, something like that too. Just kind of all the craziness that's the highlights from the year. But um, well, Randy, as always, it's a it's a pleasure, it's a blessing. Uh, uh, really appreciate you making the time. Uh, folks, we've got a, a, a wonderful podcast tomorrow, Friday. Uh, Don Perkins is on at long last to talk about Is America in Bible Prophecy? I saw Don at the conference, a great guy, just always brings a smile to your face, such a gracious man, uh, loves the Lord, and really an expert in Bible prophecy. So that that uh, podcast is tomorrow. As I mentioned, Alex Newman is Monday climate change and the end of the world as we know it. Uh, just a powerful uh, discussion. Then lots of other great guests uh, coming up. But don't forget to check out notbyworks.org for some of the free resources there. If you go to the online store, uh, the uh, highlight menu there at the top uh, has a section called free resources. And we just are regularly posting new documents, new articles, things that I come across in everyday conversation uh, with uh, with you all or with some of my guests. And I think, oh, yeah, I've, I've written an article about that or I've got a chart on that. And I decide we want to post that to make it available to the general public. So um, I hope everybody has a great rest of the day. Uh, as always, if we can help with anything or you just want to reach out, you can reach us at notbyworks.org. And until then, God bless you. Uh, one uh, more thing, though, Randy, um, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, to believers on our podcast and just encouraging them to be aware, to be informed, to know what's coming, to make wise decisions. Uh, but, you know, you're, you people really love the, the commentary that you provide, and it gets passed around quite a bit. I, I'm learning that we get people that are not necessarily from a church background or not really even looking at life through the lens of a biblical worldview. Uh, and so we have a lot of unbelievers. And so I want to close out by reminding those of you who may have stumbled upon this podcast, if you do not know for certain that you'll spend eternity in heaven when you die, today's the day to settle that issue. And the Bible is clear that you don't have to wait. You know, a lot of people uh, think that, 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 that it's kind of a crapshoot, that you, you wait till you die, and then, boy, I hope I get in. I'll find out someday when I die. No, 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 you don't have to wait at all. You can know today. It's a present possession. Jesus said, I give you eternal life, and you shall never perish. So it's a free gift uh, that you receive simply by faith. It's the only way you can receive it. The whole world is in the same predicament. We're all sinners in need of a Savior, uh, and the only hope to remove the penalty of sin in our life is to place our faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who died and rose again uh, for your sins. So I just wanted to put that out there. Uh, there's an urgency to the hour. Things are happening fast. Uh, if you have not dealt with the most important issue in your life, your spiritual uh, condition, uh, you need to do that today. All right. Well, Randy, thanks again. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will talk again soon. God bless.